Welcome to Metaverse Cast. I should say welcome back after the holidays. I took two weeks of break. Intended to have episodes lined up uh, to come out during the two weeks. But life happens. And I did manage to do that. And I decided instead of stressing about it and uh, not being able to do a good job. I just pulled the plug for two weeks. And now we're back. And this is a good one. I'm talking to Charlie Graham, who's co-founder of the Nemus Project. And you're going to hear much more about what the Nemus Project is. But here's some of the key things that we talk about in this episode. First of all, Charlie is very knowledgeable around the whole like technical aspects, but also the grand perspectives of Web3 decentralization and how we can use this new technology to make positive impact. And that's one of the things that been firing my curiosity a lot lately. You know, we are currently in a bear market. This is July 22. And I think, you know, all of the greed and all the FOMO and all the shit, you know, that, that kind of, you know, I just, it was boring. <laughs> it was just boring. And I thought, okay, I, I want to talk to people who, not that, any of the people I've talked to have been like that, but you know, I had my focus on a lot of gaming stuff, and uh, and it's gonna take time. It's just gonna take time. I, you know, there are games out there, but I haven't seen anything yet that's just like super exciting. But what I'm more excited about is how people are using blockchain technology and you know the whole future of digital metaverse, whatever, to create positive impact. And in this case, we're talking about saving rainforest. I'm not going to, you know, attempt to explain the details because Charlie does it much better. But I want to say, you know, this is not any regular NFT project. The artwork is super awesome. The interface experience on their website, their minting process and all that is super awesome. And one of the things that impressed me tremendously was how much they've actually done their groundwork how much they're actually involved with the people on the ground doing the work how much they have seen and figured out what are the real mechanics at play here so where they can use the funds that they raise to have the most impact but you're going to listen to charlie explain that in perfect detail but if you're curious about blockchain projects that have a positive impact, this episode is definitely a must listen. Hello, Charlie. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Jasper. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's been a while, actually, since I found out about the Nameless Project, and we've been in contact to, you know, to schedule a, a talk. And it's super cool that we finally made it. Yeah, for sure. When when did we? Uh, how long has it been? I don't know. I think it was maybe a month or two. Uh, and I, I remember, you know, I think you popped up in, you know, some kind of my feed on LinkedIn or something like that, and then I saw your project. And then I, I noticed the graphics and I actually uh, recalled having seen them before. So I think uh, the Nameless Project has even you know, crossed my radar even before that. 
That's excellent. Yeah. And, and a month in Web3 feels like eternity. Yeah. <laughs> so first off, you know, tell me a little bit about the, you and, uh, and your project and, and how you ended up where you are now. Sure. So a bit about me. Um, I've been a creative pretty much my whole life. Uh, I was a music producer for nearly a decade, a photographer, traveled a lot, uh, backpacking around the world, and I had actually been to Brazil prior to the Nemus Project. Uh, I spent some time living in Belém and traveling down the Amazon into Manaus and uh, other regions. And so, you know, fast forward, I started uh, my company Volume 8, which is a design dev shop, essentially like a boutique. And we've been building in Web 2 for nearly a decade. And we made the jump over to Web 3 in about 2020. And Nemus was one of the first projects that surfaced for us to work with. And I have to say, like, uh, at, at the first time I met Flavio, and he was the founder, he is the founder of Nemus, um, I just got it. Like, I understood what he wanted to do. Um, and there was a lot of passion there since I had already been in the Amazon. And I, I so many great memories and I really love it and I, I know the value of the rainforest to the planet uh, and so when we embarked on Nemus which was just over a year ago now um, we really we had to imagine how to make the technology of web3 work how to I hate using this term but bridge the gap from physical to you know metaphysical digital virtual and uh, that was a lot of the challenge in thinking through how to make a collection that could do that and capture that, but then also scale, the potential to scale something that has a real world impact. And yeah, so we, we basically spent like nine months to a year working on this before we released the collection in March. Um, and it's been, it's been a wild ride. I will say this, I was passionate when I began Nemus. And I haven't once lost that passion. Like it has just continued to to grow. Uh, it's really a special project for me. And what what is Nemus exactly for those who don't know? Yeah. So in a nutshell, Nemus is a NFT collectible NFT experience that uh, essentially buys land in the rainforest to protect it, and each NFT is tied to a geolocation within specific land that Nemus owns in the rainforest. There's a whole lot more to it, but I'm sure we'll unravel it as we go. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I've been looking for a few and I've also talked to a few people who are actually using this like NFT blockchain uh, technology to make positive impacts on the planet. And uh, I can feel that this is definitely a, a, like a path of curiosity for me, you know, uh, because I've been in tech since the 90s uh, and, and, and I love tech. It's, you know, good and bad in many ways, but it's always, it's always been very uh, interesting to me. And definitely if we can use all the tech that is sometimes frowned upon, you know, to actually uh, create positive impact and, uh, and, and save like, you know ourselves and the nature and, and things like that i think that's that's super interesting i agree and you know there's a fundamental thing about technology that we often forget uh and it's that technology is a tool that we created that we can use just like a tool like a hammer to build a house but you can also use a hammer to do some pretty nasty stuff and i think what's 
what's happened is we've become so enamored by technology that we've we've been used by technology rather than been using technology. And I think it's a fundamental uh, just frame of reference that we need to keep that it is a tool, we need to use it, we need to apply it to things that we need to achieve. Um, and that's pretty much at the center point of uh, NEMAS. What, what do you mean exactly when you say we've been used by technology? Uh, well, I mean, I'm gonna use web two as an example. So web two is a digital arena, the internet, if you will, um, but we don't own anything. And we, you know, we share our voices, but our voices can be censored at any moment. Point in case, we just released a, a new video for Nemus uh, and a good friend of mine, Diego Borgo posted on LinkedIn. And the post was, you know, it was blowing up. And there's a short film that we spent months working on and, you know, seven days for the filmographer to be in the rainforest and capturing the story. And the moment we go to share it, we're censored and the thing is taken down on LinkedIn. And this is just one small example, but we're being used by that technology now, rather than using technology as a generalization to solve challenges, which is what Nemus is trying to solve, and which I believe Web3 can unlock for us through decentralization, through the means of taking out intermediaries and reducing censorship. Uh, and, and so that's kind of an example, if you will. Yeah, yeah, I get that. That's insane with the video, you know, it, was there any reason I worked with these I, platforms? I'm for, yeah, I'm, we're waiting to find out, I have no idea. Yeah, it it, it went against the terms and services. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the founder of LinkedIn is using GAN technology and AI image creation to launch a, a collection on Solana where he's gonna make a bunch of money. I'm sure he's not gonna keep it. But so, so he's like out there innovating and playing on the fringes of, of GAN technology, AI generation, image generation, and, and putting NFT collections out on blockchains. And if we mention anything about blockchain on LinkedIn, his own platform, we get censored and we can't use our avatars on LinkedIn. So it's just a little, a, a little funny contradiction. So. Yeah. And that's, I've heard about that, you know, we can't use uh, avatars as profile pics and, and things like that. And it's, and it's, you know, but people do that. Uh, so I, yeah, I thought it was yeah. actually, you know, not a problem anymore. Yeah, but then they take it down. Yeah, so it's- At any moment they could take down your avatar and be like, hey, use a real photo. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is definitely a problem. Uh, and that's a, that's a totally another discussion that could probably take an hour. <laughs> sure. Yeah, or two. Uh, okay, but- um, I, I was, you know, uh, I was looking uh, on the platform, you know, uh, preparing for the interview with you, and I, I looked at the thing again, and I saw everything is open, so I was like, okay, you know, I'm I'm just gonna try and uh, and uh, you know buy in and and see because you know we're we're in a in a bear market at the moment, so everything is kind of low, so that's cool, you know, you can it's easier to just play. Yeah, it's like cool. Uh, and I couldn't, and then, uh, so, so let me just try and explain what I saw from a user perspective so that people can understand what this is. Uh, and then you can correct me if I'm uh, mistaken, you know, there's a Nemus project yet. Yeah, there's an app where you can actually see, uh, you know, there's kind of like a map of a, a, a part of a rainforest. And, uh, and then there's these little, uh, little, uh, spots a little bit like, you know, if people are familiar with. You know, buying land in the decentralized or use these like similar like interface. 
And then you click on a little uh, thing, and then I found out, okay, you need a ticket. You actually need a ticket to be able to, to buy the, the little plot. So, okay, I, I go back to the website and figure out, okay, where, where do I get the tickets? Okay, that's pretty easy to find out. And then I, I got uh, start to, uh, to buy a ticket. And I just bought like a small one. Uh, and then, you know, this whole Web3 mess comes in, right? Because I, I only had like 0.5 ETH on my MetaMask wallet. So, okay, I just need a little bit more. Not really a big problem. I, there's multiple solutions on how to get a little bit more ETH on my wallet. I, I just picked the first, top one, Coinbase. Already have a Coinbase uh, account. I put in a few euros and transfer the extra, like it's, I think 0.2 ETH to my uh, MetaMask, buy the ticket, everything is good. Then I go in and I want to mint the land. Everything on the Nemo side works great, but then I'm just like shy of a little bit for the gas fee. <laughs> so I have to go back again, you know, Coinbase, like a few more euros, get a little bit more ETH, send it to my MetaMask and then it, everything went through. And I and I got my uh, my NFT, which was uh, some kind of plant. Um, I can't remember what the name was, but uh, it's you know the graphics are super cool. But my thought was, you know, I'm a techie, and I've tried this many times before, so it's kind of like ah, okay, cool. I just need to add a few funds, and then I, you know, I have multiple wallets all over the place, and there's all this kind of stuff. But that was I was thinking about it deliberately that was i don't know maybe like 10 12 15 steps because every time i buy on coinbase i have to like approve with the sms code and things like that so so i think that's you know what it, what's your concern about that you know the whole you know friction of actually uh, getting to from from zero to actually having bought and you know, like now it's your nft but it could be many others yeah it's a great point and you know, we are where the internet was in 1995 or so, maybe maybe 1997 by now. But uh, I remember logging in in 1997, and I remember playing video games, and I remember dial-up modems and yeah. and all the steps that were required just to do a simple little thing. Right? It's it's kind of like that. You know, it takes a while for innovation to catch up. Um, I think we think faster than we act in in the digital domain. And right now web three is still in its infancy. Uh, it's said over and over, we are early and it's still true. Uh, and, you know, given that the biggest challenge is just the number of steps it takes and the learning curve and all the subtle nuances of doing anything in web three, and then all the pitfalls of, you know, scams and things of that nature because of how complex and difficult it can be. Um, in the case of Nemus, it, it is like that for several reasons, but uh, because we are actually matching NFTs, unique NFTs to specific geo coordinates in the real world, um, you know, it's a two step mint process. You buy a ticket and then you go, you select your parcel and you have to mint it at that point. Um, and that is for a plethora of reasons, one of which is to mitigate collision so that two people don't try to mint the same parcel at the exact same time, causing an even worse user experience. But I 100% agree, like we, we need to, and we will take strides in simplifying the UX 
And that's one of my things. Like I'm a Nielsen Norman buff. I'm certified interactive designer and UI UX. And like, I understand a lot of the, the challenges and subtle nuances of creating a really good experience. And we're getting there. I think in your personal experience, uh, one of the big things that can be solved is having the fiat rails that we can use that can calculate gas fees based on the current like block of Ethereum or any other blockchain so that you can, in a single transaction, have a little extra topped off in your wallet for transaction fees. Um, but again, we're getting there, you know, and there's others. There are wallets, there are solutions trying to solve this, working on this every day. Um, one of the companies we're actually working on a partnership with is Sequence, and Sequence is a wallet that was started by a company called Horizon. Uh, Horizon Games has a, a game out there called Skyweaver. It's pretty fantastic, actually. Uh, it's like a Hearthstone or Magic the Gathering type of game, TCG. Ah, cool. uh, but they, yeah, they built their own wallet called Sequence, and Sequence has three different uh, fiat onboard ramps, and it's cross-chain compatible. It is a smart chain or smart contract wallet, so it has a couple different layers of uh, protection. And the coolest part is that you can actually create, spin up your own instance of a Sequence wallet using your Google account. So these are the rails that we need to see more of. So like you could literally go. Uh, if you have a Google account, you can connect with Google. It'll instantly spin up a wallet for you and you can top it off using a credit card and you don't have to KYC under a certain amount. So now we're getting closer if you, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Um, but we're still not there yet. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But it, 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 the development is, is very interesting, but I have, you know, I, I have a background in UI design uh, as well. I used to, uh, you know, be the UI designer of a, a SaaS company that did the analytics for marketing uh, ROI. Um, so I've had plenty of uh, UI challenges my way, and I'm also a big fan of Norman and Nielsen. Um, but yeah, that, is, that, that was just my, my, my thoughts was that this just needs to be like, you know, more consumer and maybe, okay, we have to sacrifice a little bit of, you know, this whole like decentralized uh, thoughts and, uh, and, and things like that uh, in some ways uh, to be able to, for people just to get in uh, super quick and easy, right? That's interesting. I, and yeah, that's really an interesting thought. Like, do we have to sacrifice decentralization to achieve a better UX? That is a very interesting thought. Um, I would tend to say we don't. Uh, I just think that we need more time, maturity, and education in this space. Because the only way to have true decentralization is if it's your, you know, your keys, your wallet. That's kind of like one of the mantras. Like if you have a Coinbase account, they're not your keys. It's not really your wallet. They're not really your assets. Um, but true decentralization means that you hold the keys, the mnemonic passcode or the key phrase, right? Um, it's 100% yours. It's self-custody. The challenge with that is that it, you can lose it. You can yeah. get ripped off. You can get scammed. You can get fished. Um, and so it's just time maturity and uh, education but i do think we don't have to sacrifice decentralization to achieve a better ux just time yeah uh, i agree with you on that point i was just i was thinking about right now you know maybe you know we, we uh 
uh, you know, if we want to use the, you know, you mentioned Google uh, and, and all of this is, is basically also like opinion, you know, how strong, you know, and, um, and well, how do you actually define uh, decentralization and what is important and not, which is also like a super long discussion that people are having all over the place. <laughs> but I want to hear, I'm super curious about the connection between you know, this NFT and the actual rainforest, you know, how, how, you know, questions that come up in my mind is like, how do you actually know that what you intend to do would actually happen? Yeah, brilliant question. So on the blockchain side, everything's transparent. So you can see movement of funds, you can see anything that happens uh, in due time, you'll be able to see like any DAO voting and uh, mechanisms of governance and all of that will be on chain. And the difference is that when we take funds out, which we've already done, uh, it's been announced to the community and everybody understands. And we've also announced like what those use of funds would go towards. That's when it gets obscure, right? And this is where we have trouble tracking even in like uh, web two conservation projects. So NGOs and things like that, there's really a lack of transparency. It's something that's going to take, again, time to solve. But uh, what Nemus is doing is working with one of the big five auditing companies, like the KPMGs and all of them out there. And they're going to be having a completely traceable audit trail for how funds move through the off-chain world. And so that's going to be a huge part. So you can tie kind of on-chain uh, decision-making and governance and movement of funds to off-chain impact. And beyond that, you know, there's there's a lively community in Nemus. I invite anybody who wants to go check out the project to join Discord. And so there's constantly the boots on the ground team are posting pictures and videos and holding AMAs and town halls and talking about uh, the different things that are happening on the land. And it's really quite a complex uh, scenario, practicing conservation in the Brazilian Amazon deep in the forest. Uh, there's a lot I think everybody needs to learn uh, to understand how best that is done. Yeah, what's actually, you mentioned a ground team, you know, and I've, I've heard similar stories before. I was at a, a, a blockchain event in, uh, in Belgrade not that long ago where a guy from UNICEF, he talked about a similar problem, you know, everything on the blockchain, you know, from receiving the funds to actually getting the funds into a wallet. But as soon as you move it outside to actually spend it, then it becomes uh, difficult. Um, which that okay? So that's that's a problem that NGOs have. So I'm curious. The ground team. Let's say you know we skip past the problems of traceability and and you know, but what actually you know you know how's the money spent and uh, what are they doing and uh, who are they and where do they live? You know, I'm, I'm curious. Sure, I I think. To have that conversation, we need a little background deeper into what Nemus is really about and how it, what it wants to do, yeah. right? So it wants to buy land in the rainforest to protect it. What is it protecting it from? Uh, what's the biggest threat to the rainforest? You could probably answer that, it's deforestation. And we know that we need that rainforest for the planet. I mean, global weather patterns and fresh water, oxygen, kind of important, right? And so, the one of the unknown challenges with deforestation in the Brazilian Amazon is that it is a big problem, but it's a series of small problems all coming all coming together. And what I mean by that is there's over 28 million people living in the Brazilian Amazon. That's more people than in Shanghai or Sao Paulo. 
Sao Paulo. Um, with that said, these families live off the land. The people in the rainforest live off the land and they have the land to provide for them. And a lot of them historically have just cut a few hectares here, a few hectares there, put down some um, crops or um, raise some cattle. And that is not a scalable solution to their sustenance. They, they continue to deforest and, and not with malintent, although there are those in the forest who have malintent and will cut for profit, right? Illegal loggers and illegal ranchers, et cetera. But it's, it's the people who are there and, and living off of the land that if we just create better alternatives, economically viable alternatives for them to clear cutting, we can stop a large percentage of the deforestation in the rainforest. And this is a challenge that hasn't been really addressed yet. And it's a challenge that is solvable. And it is one of the first challenges that NEMIS aims to solve by doing um, by setting up economically viable alternatives for the people living in the forest. So what does it mean? What does that look like? Yeah. Um, so for example, use case, we have 41,000 hectares of land in the state of Amazonas. On that land, 40 years ago, over a million Brazil nut trees were planted. Those Brazil nut trees, fast forward to today, um, nearly a quarter million of them are fully mature dropping fruit in the rainforest that simply rots on the forest floor. Brazil nuts can actually be a commodity. They can be, you know, sustainably harvested year after year after year and sold to world markets. Currently, only a few indigenous families and uh, some Hezeks, which are intentional communities living in the rainforest, are harvesting those, those uh, Brazil nuts but not nearly to the scale that could exist if they had the capital infrastructure to set up the proper um, facilities to do so. And part of the problem is it's not even like financially viable for them to harvest these nuts because they get taken to market by intermediaries and they earn pennies on the dollar for what they could be earning. What NEMIS aims to do is to set up the proper infrastructure for sustainably harvesting those Brazil nuts that exist on the land and to empower the local communities there to be able to do that, to set up co-ops to bring these to a facility that NEMIS can set up, processing or otherwise, and then bring them to world markets and share that bounty with our community, with the ecosystem that is NEMIS. And by doing so, it now invites thousands of local community members to live off of the land in a sustainable way that doesn't require clear cutting. And this is just one small example um, of what NEMIS is doing. And so now we can circle back to your question, which was use of funds, right? So the first use of funds for NEMIS took out about 100,000 worth of fiat, local fiat currency, and invested in uh, a, a number of things, but I'm going to zero in on the Brazil nuts. Um, RTVs, drone flyovers, uh, digital mapping and inventory of Brazil nut trees where they're located in the forest so that different territories and uh, trees can be tagged so that efficient paths for sustainable harvesting can be created. RTVs can be used for accessing and harvesting those nuts because currently um, you'll have these indigenous families, and one in particular, his name is Silvio. Silvio goes out with his family into the forest 
with these wicker baskets and harvests, cuts open the nuts, dumps the nuts into the wicker basket and walks miles back to the river and then goes up river sometimes days to go sell it at a local market. That can all be so much more efficient so that he can, you know, optimize the profitability for him and his family, bolster quality of life. Um, I, and I visited back in October. I spent some time where they live. They don't have running water. They don't have toilets. They don't have internet. They don't have a lot of things that we take for granted. And with just, you know, we could 5X his income and get him those things. And we can do that not just for him, but so many different communities and families and, and residents of local municipalities around the region. And so that's where the use of funds goes, is to start setting up the proof of concept that we can improve these processes set up the rails and infrastructure required without hurting, without damaging the forest and set up these sustainably harvesting rails um, and really prove out the concept that uh, economically viable alternatives can exist and are, are wanted by the people living in the forest. And so a lot of what Nemus has been doing is just a boots on the ground kind of listening tour, meeting with different communities, learning what they want to do, whether it's honey or acai or Brazil nut trees or copaiba oil or rubber or cocoa or you name it. The, the rainforest is a bounty of sustainable um, revenue sources. And so, yeah, it isn't, it isn't just a donation, um, Jasper. It is a business that we're setting up where guardians, which are the digital NFT holders, can take part and learn in what is required to set these things up and uh, ultimately, the goal is to create a circular economy where both NFT holders and local community members can can benefit from the uh, the activities and and the efforts of Nemus. Yeah, that's a long-winded. Sorry, but, but yeah, but that was a very good, uh, you know, super cool. Um, I was thinking you said something because one of the questions. Uh, I usually listen to what questions pop up in my mind when people uh, ask, even if they are, you know, contradictory or whatever. But one of them is like, do the people really want that? And you said that that is actually what they want. Uh, I was thinking about this, you know, you know the story of the, the the fisherman who's like sitting at the ocean, and then this guy comes around, you know, and said, blah blah. Yeah. 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 Uh, go, go ahead for the listeners. Go ahead and yeah. I'm not sure I can tell it exactly, but it's like there's a fisherman and then this business guy comes around and he said, hey, you could have like five boats and uh, you can have uh, all this, like scale your business and, and build it out and all this kind of stuff. And you wouldn't have to sit here and, you know, sell like three fish a day on the market or whatever it was, uh, because then you can just, uh, in the end, you will just be able to sit and relax and uh, chill out and, and the fisherman sort of says, but that's what I'm already doing, right? Yeah. Uh, so, but but you but you kind of saw that uh, that was just like a train of thoughts that went through my mind. Um, so I was thinking, and you said that the, that's why they're called guardians, and that was like a penny that dropped for me because it's like ah okay why why are they called guardians? And I can see this uh, whole uh, thing about creating you know actually it's like much bigger than I thought uh, and. And I think, you know, and I and, you know, just to reflect back, what I've heard is that, you know, to be able to save the forest, to be able to, you know, so there's no deforestation going on, you can create alternative viable businesses for those families, uh, 
so that they can get the improvement of life that they seek without actually having to do something that is, you know, damaging to uh, the environment. 100%, right? Because, and, and it's not like they, they're not cutting land because they want to profit off of it. They're cutting land because they need some income, some revenue. So, you know, a few head of cattle can provide that. Maybe they sell a cow a year, but they also have meat and they have milk and, you know, converse to that as crops. So they have food and they can sell food at the local markets. And, and so they're just simple farmers and a lot of deforestation is a downstream effect of poverty. And this is the thing that I don't think a lot of people understand. And uh, we can solve that if we have these economic alternatives to cutting. So, in, and, and here's something that, that blew my mind when, when I learned this, but currently the value of pasture land in the Amazon rainforest is greater than the value of standing forest land. Process that for a second. What does that mean exactly? That means if you clear cut your land, it has greater resale value than if you just have a bunch of trees. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> that is a narrative that we need to change. Yeah. And so again, setting, and, and why does this, how does this happen? It happens because it's easy to slash and burn. It's easy to clear a parcel and, and put some cattle up and have a better value. But it isn't easy to set up the infrastructure to be able to sustainably harvest the bounty of, of the forest naturally um, and, and earn a living off of that because of the intermediaries, because you get raked over the coals. Um, but again, if we can set up these viable alternatives and set up businesses and processing facilities and, and help to, I hate this word, but industrialize to some extent those processes, then so much more of that money could flow back into the local communities and the indigenous and there will be zero need to clear cut because it will be more beneficial and more profitable for them to earn a better living by caring for the forest as it stands and yeah. it's just a paradigm shift that that nemus uh, fundamentally wants to solve yeah one of the uh, you know, I, I I have a small like tech company where we help people who can do positive impact with all their technical difficulties, websites and I web two stuff uh, like you you are familiar with, uh, and we always you know say it has to be people who can do positive impact, right? Because I think that we spent the past hundred years creating businesses that was damaging to the planet and or damaging or you know some so you know also to humans. Uh, and now we have the next hundred years we can spend, you know, creating businesses, solving those problems. And that's, yeah. that sounds like that's yeah. kind of like what you're doing. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because we spent like, let's say the last hundred, we only got like 20 to fix it. <laughs> it's yeah. The rate of, yeah, the rate of destruction and, and the damage caused to this planet is, is ridiculous. So we've really got to accelerate the pace at which we reverse that process. And more importantly, I think we need to set up future generations with the know-how, the rails and the infrastructure to continue a new um, kind of legacy of, of reparation, of regeneration. And, and that's why I love the idea that Nemus has around, uh, you know, inspiring a whole new generation of guardians like every nft holder is going to learn and be a part of this if, if they so choose right but they're going to be part of that next generation and that next generation that now has these 
the infrastructure for regeneration um, and can go and, and set this scalable model forward for coral preservation and forest preservation and you know um, natural resources and, and you name it like we can we can set up web three rails that are applicable in almost any aspect of conservation or preservation yeah and yeah well, and, and, one of the... and raise a whole new generation that can use it properly I think I, you know I'm, I'm part of a, a futurist group, and there's many people looking into these uh, different things. And I, I, I have a positive view on the future because I, what I see when I talk to like younger generations, it seems like at least in Denmark, where I'm from, uh, you know, people are very much aware, and and everybody's trying to, you know, uh, you know, everybody's in and some entrepreneurial space are working towards stuff that just makes things better. Yeah, you know. Um, one of the things I'm also curious is the, the geo geo location thing. You know, how does that actually work with the little like uh, plot that I buy or click on in the browser and uh, directly uh, transmitted into the rainforest? So, are you talking about the kind of the tie between the NFT and the land? Yeah, because you know we, we see this map, you know, uh, in the interface, and then I click on a on a square. Uh, and I'm a little bit like a rebellious and contradictory, so I didn't want to, you know, pop up against anybody, you know, so I just like bought one like in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. So so my little square, what, what does that actually mean in terms of like the actual uh, geolocation? Yeah, so again, Nemus kind of balances on the ground within the ether, as we say, which is just kind of like the digital realm. Um, and so, you know, you have a geo coordinate on your NFT. There is only one NFT for that specific range of geo coordinates. And while you do not own the land, because that would be pretty uh, legally verbose, yeah, just say the least. Um, what you do have is the connection to that land, the ability to vote in the Nemus DAO on how how conservation is done and which projects are adopted. Um, and also what is being built out as Nemus continues to grow are different game mechanics. So if you noticed on the back of your NFT, on the front, first of all, it features one of 92 flora or fauna, which are plants or animals that actually exist in the drop region, which is really fascinating. So it's celebrating the unique biodiversity that's there. And so on the back of that card are four um, features of flora or fauna that are randomly generated when you mint that NFT. And so those lend themselves into game mechanics, which educate about the importance and uniqueness of the biodiversity in the rainforest. And more is coming up on that. I think it would be a much more lengthy conversation, but that is one of the things that you can do with your NFT is to participate in those game mechanics and ultimately create an entirely new collection of NFTs that are centered around the biodiversity. The third thing that you can do with that NFT is once the Genesis drop is sponsored, we will spin up the NIA token, which is the native token of the Nemus ecosystem. And its intention is to be a utility token for further NFTs in the ecosystem, for reward systems back to guardians, and also to be used within the game mechanics 
also in the future when there are products being produced on the land of Nemus, you could use these tokens to purchase products. Say you want honey delivered to your, your, you know, your door once a month and you want honey that was produced in or near your NFT in the drop region, like if it's possible that can be done, you know. Um, so there's a lot of utility to be set up and ultimately the native token of the ecosystem will, will represent the value of conservation within Nemus. And so with your NFT, you'll also have the capability to earn those tokens, kind of like staking, but requires a little bit more work. Yeah. So, so yeah, three main utilities, I'll just summarize them again. One, to be able to vote on the conservation that's being done. Two, to participate in the game mechanics. And three, to earn the native token as a holder of that NFT. Interesting. Yeah, I think I definitely have to join the Discord and, uh, and follow the project uh, further. Um, I, I actually, when I started getting into, you know, because I'm a little bit of a gamer, that's why I, when you said Hearthstone and Magic the Gathering, you know, that rings a bell. Nice. Uh, but, but I feel like my curiosity is going more towards like projects like this, uh, where we can actually, you know, create a, a better future for all of us by working together um, and, and super interesting to solve, you know, the, the, the weird mix between us in the Western world and those uh, that don't have the same um facilities as we have and the big fear that oh, if everybody else gets the same facilities as we have you know the planet's going to burn in weeks you know so, so how can how can we you know give them what they're wanting but in a way that you know that we don't repeat the same mistakes that we did getting what we have uh and 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 the whole blockchain relationship there i think is just like super interesting i would agree with you <laughs> awesome. I have uh, I have one question that I always ask people, and that is, on a personal level, what are you looking most forward to in thinking about this whole metaverse, Web three, blockchain space? Uh, from a personal level, I'm most looking forward to. And, and, and I'm not going to speak as in, if I'm looking forward to it as an absolute, I'm hoping for the narrative to change. I'm hoping for a lot less of the get rich quick and, you know, the, the things we see in the news to more of the, wow, this is really useful technology, um, that this can unlock new models for us to solve the challenges that we face, because those those challenges are um, coming hard and fast, we'll say. Yeah. And uh, we have to solve these different challenges. And it's, it's not so much an opportunistic um, potential. It's more of an existential potential. And, and I, I, I'm looking forward to and hopeful that the narrative will start to shift towards regen towards um, doing good, towards balance, to, towards more holistic models um, that are empowered by technology, which brings it full circle in our conversation to where we use technology and are not used by it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, and, uh, you know, that, that wraps it up perfectly, doesn't it? <laughs> it sure does, Jasper. Well, uh, thank you very much, Charlie. Uh, I'm looking very much forward to uh, to follow the project and uh, 
you know, uh, I'm probably, you know, I'm going to buy in more as I, I go, I think, uh, because this is a that project I, I'd like to, uh, you know, be involved with and uh, awesome. follow as we go. Yeah. And you know what? I'm just going to shamelessly plug this. If more people thought like you did, Mimas would be an amazing success. And we would actually scale up to be able to protect a huge amount of the rainforest and, and help so many people's lives be better off as a result. So I hope that this uh, podcast reaches some people who can see the, see things like you do and uh, can go out there and just take a chance on Nemus because that's what it takes is some brave souls to take a chance until it proves its concept and it becomes something that just works. So I thank you for stepping forward and, and saying that too, Jasper. Well, thank you very much. I think I think what you what you told me sounds super solid, and it's and there is going to be challenges on the way that always are. Uh, yeah. But but it's just you know having the right mindset of you know not destroying uh, things as we solve the problems of the past, uh, which requires us all to uh, to work together. One hundred percent. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And uh, for everyone listening, you know, we're going to have links. Uh, Charlie is going to, you know, provide whatever links you can and information um, to to the project. And uh, also one other question is, are you okay if people reach out to you with questions on LinkedIn and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, look me up on LinkedIn. It's, I think it's uh, creator Charlie. That's typically my tag on most socials. So Twitter, LinkedIn, et cetera. Okay, cool. And we'll have the links in the show notes. Um, so uh, yeah, I encourage everybody to uh, just get in touch uh, and, and get to know more uh, about this project. Excellent. Thanks, Jasper. Thanks, Charlie. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Charlie. I think it was awesome. I got way more information than I thought I would before we started the talk. And I was really impressed about how much they've actually, uh, as I said in the beginning, how much they've done their groundwork, how much they know what's actually going on, and how much they've thought through the whole process of actually using the technology to raise money and get the funds into the places where it actually matters. And also, as we said, you know, my super poor uh, version of this fisherman story i'll see if i can't find a link to to the real story somewhere in the show notes but i think one of the things that tipped me over completely is that this is not just some western people coming with a vision of what is good and bad and then forcing some kind of well-intended but poor solution through which actually creates more problems that it solves. This is where they've actually looked at what is at play here and how can we, you know, if we want to save the rainforest, how can we make sure that the conditions that are causing the rainforest to disappear locally is not present anymore? So it's, I, I like that it's not just about, okay, now we've secured like this piece of land and it's now forbidden to to cut down the trees you know that that probably wouldn't benefit you know it, it wouldn't work and it wouldn't benefit anything so they've actually looked at okay why are the trees getting cut down and that's because you know the people need 
farmland and uh, and things, and they they don't have the uh, capacities or maybe the skills and the know-how to to use all these vast possibilities there is in the rainforest. So that's where they step in and help these local farmers actually build business around what's already there so that they don't have to cut the trees. I think that's amazing. There's links to everything in the show notes. And if you know of any more blockchain-based or Web3-based projects that are creating positive impact, please let me know because I'd like to talk to more. Thank you very much and see you in the next one. Thank you.